Hey everyone, it's Tara. I hope that you guys are all having amazing days so far. It's kind of like gloomy out, but it's really nice for a Saturday, I feel like, because I don't know, it's nice to just relax and like take it easy. And I feel like it's easier to take it easy when it's kind of gloomy out. But um, my kids are home today. I will let you know that. And I did ask them to be quiet, but they're children. And we all know how that goes. Well, most of us know how that goes. And so I always laugh because when people are on the phone with me or when I'm on the phone with people, it, it's like we have Tourette's because we're like literally like we're talking to the kids and, you know, talking to whoever we're talking to on the phone. So yeah, it won't be like that, but I am just letting you be aware that they are home. So I talked to one of my best friends this morning and she's my esposa and shout out to her because she requested that I kind of dig a little bit deeper on my sober journey. We have a friend and, um, well, it's her friend. And I just met her and today is her 60 days sober. So shout out to Rachel, 60 days girl. Like that's literally amazing. Like I hope that she's going to be listening to this. I hope that you realize that that is literally amazing. And to like anyone else struggling one day is amazing. Even just the thought of wanting to be healthier, that's amazing. I hope that everyone gives themselves credit where it's due because it all starts with a choice and every day that you try harder and that you, you know, make it through the day, that's that's something to be celebrated. It really is. And um, I'm super proud of you and I'm also super proud of anyone else that is, you know, making that conscious effort to try to be healthier and try to live a healthier lifestyle. So to dig deep into my alcohol stuff, I haven't really um, spoken about it too much just because I haven't really done any AA or anything. So I haven't really done a lot of speaking, but yeah, my relationship with alcohol has never been good. I started drinking at a young age and I instantly loved it. Like instantly. It was like, (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. It was like love at first drink where I just felt so good to not have to like really think or it was just like an escape and it it felt like an escape and it felt like a really good escape. So I started drinking really young and it's just never really been a good relationship that I've had with alcohol. It's always kind of um, made me not feel good. You know, you don't make the best choices and um, it just keeps you at a very low vibration. And so that's pretty much how I was living. And it's kind of interesting. I had written in my journal, um, on one of these occasions of me being an adult and trying to get sober. And so I planned on reading it or sharing it when I had a year of sobriety. And for some reason I didn't end up doing it. And I had my year on January 20th and I just didn't end up reading it for some reason. So I figured that this would probably be a good time and it could probably help someone listening. So yeah, it's like super vulnerable for me and it's a little bit hard. I might stutter a little bit. Um, Just bear with me, please. But it says day one-ish, day (laughs) one-ish. Like who knows, maybe day one, maybe not. I have no idea. This is a while ago. It says, it's the early morning hours. Here I am. Caught in the middle, one side of me wants to crawl in bed with my 10-year-old as I cry. I could tell him I had a bad dream and find comfort in his brave nature. He always worries when mommy is sad. He's strong, though, and always reassures me everything is fine. The other option is to run away. Save my family from having to deal with me. Their cranky mom, who's always cleaning, yet the house is never clean. 
I feel like I just move around stuff from one corner to the other, kind of like my thoughts, I guess. So putting my emotional distress on the shoulders of my 10-year-old and running away and getting drunk in a ditch somewhere are both probably strong no's. That would be why I'm writing, writing my crazy thoughts in a notebook. I originally bought to write notes to my unborn daughter and other children. There's definitely some irony in that. I went to my first AA meeting two days ago. It went okay, I guess, besides me wanting to bawl my eyes out the entire time. It was my first time ever saying, Hi, my name's Tara and I'm an alcoholic. Those nine words could have been in another language. It was so hard to get them out of my mouth. I listened to a woman tell her story and she told it with such poise. How could I have anything in common with her? I was sitting there with my heart in my throat, doing everything I could not to scream or cry or something, anything. Was she me before at her very first meeting? It's hard to picture. Everyone seems pretty put together. I wonder if I did too, even though I was going through so many emotions on the inside. It's so crazy. I never thought I was an alcoholic because I function. However, when you look back at how many times I've had risky, crazy behavior or how many days I've done the bare minimum for my kids because I was in bed. It all paints a different story. I wonder if they notice. I wonder if they pick up on the days that I am hungover or the days I'm cranky because I'm a day or two sober or when I'm going a thousand miles a minute because I haven't drank in four days and I'm feeling good yet coming out of my skin. I'm thinking of going back to that meeting today. In fact, I want to be there all day, every day. Maybe it's because they might understand me. All morning, I was daydreaming about if I raised my hand, what I would say. I guess I'd probably start, and then I didn't finish my thought at that moment. So that is an actual journal entry right after my first AA meeting. And that was that was like three years ago. So I actually did not get sober after that. I didn't um, stop drinking. I went back to drinking, and I actually got into a very toxic relationship after that. So, you know... Um, sometimes it takes time and everyone's journey with different things is going to be different. Some people just say, you know what, I don't want to drink. And they just never touch it again. And that's it. And some people go back and forth a couple times and that's okay. However you get there is how you get there. And as long as you have that drive and that will, and you want it, then you're going to, you're going to keep, you're going to keep trying and you might fall, but you're going to get back up. And every time you get back up, it's not for nothing. You get back up with more skills and more knowledge of yourself. And that's the whole thing I'm talking about being aware. So the emotional intelligence has helped me with drinking so much because I have really like gone deep inside myself and been, I've been healing myself. So that takes off that need to escape. And that's what it's been for me. It's been like, so the other day when I had that urge to drink, it was because I was feeling bad. I was feeling awful. I was feeling guilty. And I just wanted to escape. I wanted to escape that feeling. And that was my first thought. Oh my God, I need to have a drink because at least then I could just go to sleep. I could just not. And when I, I'm not like taking a nap, <laughs> I mean, like go to sleep, like not pay attention to what's going on around me so much. Like it's definitely, it's a labor of love to be awake and it's a labor of love to work on yourself, but I know that I'm worth it. And I'm giving myself these skills by doing all this self-work and by learning emotional intelligence and 
when I came up with those modules, I don't know um, because this is a podcast, so I've been talking on my Facebook platform about this, but not on here. I came up with modules that are able to literally break down different things like love, learning to love yourself, learning to love others, um, different ways that we show love, different ways that we feel love, triggers. Why, why are these things triggering me? What about them are triggering me? Is it something deeper than that? What can I do to heal these triggers? What can I do if I cannot heal these triggers? So many different things like that. And I broke it down into modules where you can have a step-by-step way of literally working through some of your trauma. And I have it on my Facebook page, which is um, public, but I will also post it on my um, Elevated Learning Experience podcast page. So I will post those modules on there so you can literally see them. Like I'm not trying to charge anyone anything. Like I want you to go on and I want you to look at them and you can literally Google the stuff yourself and just start kind of like chipping away at things or just being aware of certain things and Googling things. And it's it's a really amazing gift that you can give yourself, but I'm getting off topic. So when it comes to drinking, when it comes to drinking, um, I don't think at that point I was totally ready to be sober and I still had a lot of things I had to learn and a lot of maybe karmic debts that I had to pay. Um, so yeah, recently, uh, about a year ago, I, January 20th was a year, I was at my rock bottom. It was pretty awful. I was coming out of that toxic relationship and I was drinking a lot and just making bad choices and not feeling good about myself and not feeling good about myself as a parent and not making good choices as a parent and just so many different things. And I was just at my all-time low. And it was like, I had two options. Literally, it was like either drive out in front of a Mack truck, which did cross my mind. I'm not going to lie. It got pretty dark or get my shit together. And obviously you can tell, like not tell, but you know, you know, I'm sober. I got my shit together. I, I changed my life. I went, you know, I ended that relationship and it was very toxic. So that alone was really hard. I don't know if people know about, um, being in a narcissistic relationship, it's, it's like almost like a, a, um, being on a drug and, you know, it releases endorphins and things like that. So I quit that. And then I also quit drinking at the same time. And it was, it was so hard. (laughs) It was so hard. I, um, I stayed up for days. Sometimes I would just like lay in my bed. It was, I, I couldn't be around people. Everyone around me drank. And I knew that if I was around people, I would probably end up drinking. So there was a lot of time alone and a lot of reflection and a lot of sitting with myself and sitting with the choices that I had been making and my life and and the mess that my life had become. And it gave me a lot of time to, to process a lot of different things. And, you know, I don't think that I, so I was dealing with the sober stuff and I don't think that I ended up really like starting to work on myself until I met someone, I met a man and we really um, hit it off. And so I noticed that with him, I, I felt very, um, I felt super codependent and I, it was in me and I could feel like my nervous system being all messed up and I just hated how it felt. 
So after meeting him and after feeling that, I decided to, we stopped talking and I just really dove into myself and why, why I felt that way and why I was codependent and what about me made myself that way, I guess. And that drove me to, you know, really dive into like my my dad issues, like my issues with my father. And that was, you know, my first relationship with a man and just really diving into that and that shadow and how that made me feel. And so a shadow is, I talk about shadows all the time. A shadow is something that, you know, it's a trauma that happens to you in your life and you might not realize that because of that, it creates personality traits or things about ourselves that are not good. And it's because we put um, layers on to help us deal with certain things. So my dad not being around, it it um, it made me feel guilty. It made me feel like I did something wrong and that's why he wasn't there. So that's probably where my relationship with guilt came in at a very, very young age. And I probably just started kind of internalizing things. And then as an adult, it looks very different. It looks like me being just guilty about, you know, it could be about anything. I drop a glass of milk and I feel guilty. It could be anything. So as an adult, it looks different. But when you deal with your shadows, now you're going back in and you're looking at your your traits that you have as an adult. And now you're trying to figure out why you have them. And so it usually stems from something, you know, in your childhood. So that's what I started doing. I started diving into my shadows and doing self-work and really figuring out why I was the way I was. And it's it's what started all of this. And it's what made me so passionate about emotional intelligence. And my time is running out here because I have just been rambling on. I don't think I don't think a podcast has come this easy to me yet. I'm gonna have to definitely, you know, dive back into this a little bit. But this is, you know, my relationship with alcohol. And it's been a long one, a very long one. And it's been hard too, because I'm not your typical alcoholic. You know, I'm, I'm very functioning and some people didn't even know. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult. And I think that a lot of people have a strenuous relationship with alcohol. It's a depressant and it takes us away from the things that matter. And I think that even people that might not necessarily be alcoholics I've talked to and they are looking at their relationship with drinking and trying to be healthier. That's what this is all about is trying to be healthier and trying to get to know ourselves more and doing the work. And so, yeah, follow me on my Facebook. It is early, um, early. I'm like, my mind is all jumbled. Elevated Learning Experience podcast. And I'm going to post the modules on there. And I hope everyone has an amazing Saturday. Thank you guys for listening.